Gospel of Matthew, chapter number 6. Matthew, chapter 6, we're going to be looking in verses 25 through 34. I want to talk to you about winning the war with worry. Winning the war with worry. I read a quote the other day on Facebook. It said, never in the history of calming down has anybody calmed down because somebody told them to calm down. Did you follow that? When you get stressed and you get angry and you get frustrated, telling you to calm down is not enough. You have to have some reason for calming down. It's a little like telling somebody with insomnia, well, why don't you just go to sleep? Well, some nights you just can't go to sleep. Telling someone who's been deeply hurt, just just forget about it. Well, you can't erase those memories. There are a lot of things you can't just turn off and turn on. Let me give you one more example. Don't worry. How do you stop worrying? How do you keep all the what-if questions from running around in your head? How do you stay clear of anxiety when there's so much at stake? In our world where the newspapers keep fueling the fires and millions of people are losing their jobs, the toll of sick people and those who died, it climbs every day. How do you win the war with worry? Well, the Lord Jesus offers us a strategy. They're not just empty words. He doesn't just say, don't worry. He gives you some reasons that can bring peace to your frightened heart. And those are found in Matthew chapter 6, verse 25 through 34. Follow along with me. This is the word of God. Therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now, if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow was thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore, do not worry, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For after all these things, the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Why not worry? If you can answer that question, the battle's half over. For instance, if somebody tells you, don't worry about your overdue bill, well, why not? Well, because I've already paid it. Worry, in that case, shrivels like an airless balloon. And in these verses, you may read them and say, well, 
That's just what Jesus is saying. Is He's just saying, don't worry. No, that's not exactly what he's saying. Look again. Verse 25, he says, therefore, I say to you, don't worry about your life. In other words, don't worry because he gives us some reasons. And understanding those reasons is how you win the war with worry. The first step in verse 25 through 31 is to look around you. Look around you. That doesn't sound helpful, does it? Looking around is what makes you worried in the first place. You look around in this world and you've got plenty of reasons to be worried. The crowd who first hears Jesus speak these words, they have a lot of reasons to be anxious. Almost all of them live in extreme poverty. Matter of fact, they could be sold into slavery if they didn't pay their bills. Crippling diseases are rampant and causes everything from leprosy to blindness to lameness. They live under the shadow of the oppression of the Roman emperor. They look around and wonder where their next meal is going to come from, whether or not they'll have clothes to wear tomorrow. Now, our worries are a little different. Sometimes we wonder where the money is going to come from. We worry about our kids and our grandkids. We worry about a virus that nobody seems to be able to keep from spreading. You can look around you and you see plenty of reasons to worry. But Jesus says, if you look closer, you will see plenty of reasons not to worry. Do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink. Do not know about your body, what you will put on. He's not saying food or drink or clothes are unimportant. What he's saying is none of those things are most important. What is most important is that you trust God to provide what you need. Verse 26, he says, Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. God provides what the birds need to to be fed. Now, he doesn't drop the worms into their nest. They have to go get them. But he does give them food. He does provide food and water for them to survive. Are you not of more value than they? And the answer is yes. Why do you worry about clothing, he says? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. God covers the ground with beautiful flowers, beauty that rivals the robes of Solomon. But the lilies don't get around and and go into factories and sew up clothing. They're not anxiously toiling away. If God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you a little faith? Worry will not feed you. Worry will not clothe you. You need to work to earn your living. You need to work for your food. You need to work for your clothing. But here's the thing. You never need to worry about it. Why not? Because you are more valuable to God than anything else he has created. Do not worry, saying, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? The point Jesus makes is not that there may not be times that you may go hungry. It's that you will never have to struggle to have everything that you need. 
Let me sum it up for you this way. You don't have to live like an orphan. In the ancient world, there were no orphanages. If you didn't have a mother or father, no matter what your age, you were left to fend for yourself. You would have to find leftover scraps, cover yourself with cloth that other people throw out. Jesus says, you do not have to live like an orphan because you have a heavenly father. You have a heavenly father who knows and who cares and who provides all your needs. That's reason enough for you to stop worrying. Psalm 37, 25 says, I've been young and now I'm old, yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken nor his descendants begging bread. You win the war with worry by looking around, seeing the same God who cares for his creation cares even more for you. When the birds begin to worry and the lilies toil and spin, and God's creatures are all anxious, then I also may begin. For my father sets their table, decks them out in garments fine. And if he supplies their living, will he not provide for mine? To win the war with worry, look around. But you need to do more than just look around. You need to look up. A lot of your worries are caused by what you focus on. If you are focused on the stock market, then you may worry about when it goes up or when it goes down. If you focus on politics, you worry about who wins and who loses elections. If you focus on sickness, then you will worry about your symptoms. But Jesus says, if you want to win the war with worry, there's only one place to focus. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. That must be your first priority. All you say, all you do must ultimately about, be about seeking his kingdom and doing what's right. We like to separate our world into sacred and secular. We like to keep our faith separate from other areas of our life. But Jesus says you can't do that if you want to win the war with worry. The kingdom must come first. Every day of your life, you must seek first the kingdom of God. In every relationship, you must seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Every penny that you make, every penny that you spend, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Everything, whether it's watching TV or eating a meal, whether it's loving your wife or disciplining your kids, everything needs to be filtered through the lens of God's kingdom and the lens of God's righteousness. The Bible puts it another way in 1 Corinthians 10, 31. Therefore, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Well, that's what it means to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And, and that is key to winning the war with worry because when you do that, the scripture says in verse 33, all these things shall be added to you. All these things are everything you need, not some of the things you need, not most of the things you need, all these things, everything you need. Sometimes we don't have what we need because we do not seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And it's not so much God is punishing us, but sometimes he will withhold those things to discipline us. There was a day, I don't know if it still happens, there was a day that parents sent their kids to bed without supper. 
because they were misbehaving. They're not trying to starve the child. They're trying to teach the child. Many times a child thinks she needs what her father knows she does not need. She might be sure she needs cake for supper instead of a meal. But a wise father gives the child what they really need, not what they think they need. God will not give you what you think you need. He will give you what he knows you need. Matthew 6, 8 says, your father knows the things you have need of before you ask him. That's how you win the war with worry. Seek first his kingdom, his righteousness, and trust him to provide all that you need. In the days of the country store, there's a little boy that went with his mother shopping. And when they would come in, there on the counter was a big container of candy. And the store owner would ask the little boy, said, take a, take a handful of candy, son, and he never would. And so the storekeeper would reach in and grab a handful of candy and give him, give it to the boy. And his mother would ask him, say, why is it when he asks you to take a handful, you never do? And the boy said, because his hands are bigger than mine. When you are attacked by worry, you look up. You remember that God's giving hands are bigger than yours. You seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and trust him to give you everything you need. Well, there's one last step in winning this war. It's in verse 34. Live one day at a time. Mark Twain once said, I've had a lot of worries in my life, most of them which never happened. Don't you hate that? You spend days, you spend hours dreading, anxious, afraid of what could happen, then it doesn't. It's like you waste a good worry. Well, Jesus says that all worry is wasted, especially about tomorrow. Do not worry about tomorrow, he says, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Now, you need to plan for tomorrow, you need to prepare for tomorrow, but you never need to worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. And that tells me something. I can't expect trouble-free days. As long as I live on earth, each day will have its problems, and each of these problems I'll need to deal with. But you are not created to deal with tomorrow's problems today. There's a reason why God created 24-hour days. There's a reason why when the Israelites were in the desert and God told them, you gather the manna each day, why he taught us to pray, give us each day our daily bread, because he wants us to learn to live one day at a time. Theodore Coyle one said, God never built a Christian strong enough to carry today's duties and tomorrow's anxieties. When you carry tomorrow's problems today, your worry weighs you down. It really does all come down to trust. The end of each day, you let, just let go. You've done the best you can do. Maybe you've made some mistakes. However your day went, you leave it in the hands of God. However, whatever tomorrow brings, you leave it in the hands of God. And you rest in God's peace. 
Somebody once said, I try to take one day at a time, but sometimes several days attack me at once. Has that ever happened to you? You ever feel so overwhelmed, attacked by the worries of tomorrow? There's only one way to win that war. Trust God and take each day one at a time. A very nervous passenger is flying from California to Indiana. Not long after the plane takes off, he gets a little worried. Some of the cabin lights are flickering. So he calls the flight attendant over and asks her, can you do something about that? I mean, to make sure there's nothing wrong. And so she says, don't worry, sir, I'll take care of it. And in just a little while, all the cabin lights go off. And what she's done, she solved the problem by turning off all the cabin lights. The passenger across the aisle leans over to the guy and he says, whatever you do, don't ask about the engines. Every day, you fight the war with worry. Every day, you are tempted to become fretful. Every day, worry can weaken your faith. But it doesn't have to. Because Jesus has given you a strategy for winning the war with worry. Look around. Don't just look around at the things that are going wrong. Look at how God is caring for his creation. And remember, as much as he cares for his creation, he cares much more about you. Don't live like an orphan. Look up. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and your father will give you everything he knows that you need. Live one day at a time. Don't try to carry tomorrow's burden today. Leave tomorrow's problems for tomorrow. Rest in God's peace today. While the whole world is frightened of what's happening, they're frightened about what can happen. They're frightened about what will happen. With God's help, you and I don't have to do that. You and I can be at peace. We can have his peace. And with God's help, you can win the war with worry. Would you pray with me? Lord, I don't imagine there's any of us who have not been tempted to be a little anxious.